Ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> Victor Brooks with the Victor Brooks Show, Facebook Live Quarantine Series. Thank you all so much for uh, coming back every Saturday and Sunday to, 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 to experience these conversations we have with some incredible artists, some incredible people who are just sharing their positivity during this time we're all going through right now. And I mean, in no way are we negating or, or playing to the left what the seriousness of what the world is going through right now. No way. What we're just doing is kind of reminding ourselves and passing it on to others that there's always something we can smile about, feel blessed about. You dig? Positivity, positivity posse. And as always, I always like to give, when we first start our, our platform every weekend, I want to give a major shout out of respect to our first responders, our doctors, our lawyers, uh, the people who, as we say, boots on the ground, you know, right there doing what they can to, to, to preserve the, the, the life and even the, the, the positivities of people going through the corona firsthand, hand on. I want to give it up to our truck drivers, you know, who are truck driving on the highways and byways and the times we do get out to go to the store. It's something in there for us to buy. Thank you. I want to thank all of our teachers who are online right now teaching our babies, keeping that education going for them. I want to thank our babies for dedicating your time and listening to your teachers and your parents. We're going to get through this, y'all. We're going to be all right. And that is another reason why I always like to say, this is what this format is about. And today, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I am extremely honored. I'm extremely honored. I'm excited. Uh, as you see on my moniker all the time, right over my shoulder in this corner of my house, I call this my inspiration corner. Over here, you got Marvin Gaye, you got my grandfather, Norris Turney. Down here, you got my little, you know, uh, accomplishment. But what is the biggest one that you've always seen, even before this show? And anybody that knows me has been to my home, you know this picture for years. It's always on my wall. It's the moniker, it's the poster of Watt Stacks. And the, the, the band that you see in the white, right there in the center of that, <laughs> That's the Barcase, ladies and gentlemen. And my guest today is Mr. Larry Dotson of the Barcase, the gentleman you see right there. Brother Larry, thank you for joining us, my brother. Victor, it is absolutely my pleasure, man. You know, uh, as we were kind of saying off the camera, we got a lot of time right now, partner. And I, you know, and I want to give you kudos, man, for, for those shout outs, man, because these are some troubling times, but I, you know, I admonish all of my friends, friends, and relatives. We got to exercise faith before fear. You faith know, before fear. Faith before fear, and yes. that will get us through it. We will get through it. That's we will right. get through it. We, we've gotten through things like this before. This is a little tough, but you know, uh, but the band plays on, and it's and the band plays on. And <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, not only is Larry Dotson, as we've grown to love and respect over the years of his almost 50 plus years in this industry as a trendsetter uh, of music, fashion, okay? Of, uh, and we'll get into all of that. But also Mr. Dotson, songwriter, singer, author, the book of his, his autobiography that uh, is out at the moment, which is an incredible piece where he gets really, really, really real of his life. Of, of his journey 
and the band plays on. Mm-hmm. Why and what made you go autobiography, Brother Larry? Mick, let me just tell you, as, I, as I've told many people, you know, when I do interviews, I had no, no thoughts about writing a, a book about my life. Okay. A book period, you know, but mm-hmm. my son, Larry Jr. And I, he, he, he does my day-to-day stuff and kind of keeps my, 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 my calendar done for me and as well as marketing and some other great things right. done for the bar. Okay. So we sit in the mornings and we plan our weeks and we plan out what I'm going to do uh, for the month of the week. So, you, and I would always tell him stories, man, you know, <laughs> old war stories about the bar case. Some yeah. I can repeat, some I can't, you know. Right, right, right. And, and, and after so many of them, he said, Pops, please, will you start writing these things down in John? He said, why don't you write a book? And I said, well, oh, man, I don't know. I'm traveling. I'm touring. I ain't got time. Blah, blah, blah. And long story short, yeah. I took his word and I, and I, and, uh, I started to write notes, and he he was instrumental. He bugged he bugged me about it, man. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> and so I he made it as easy for me as I could, you know. So okay. I started keeping notes, and uh, I started going into town on, on tours. I would go in a day or so early, and and you know reflect back, and and yeah. uh, found a publisher, and and uh, I started to pour my soul out, man. I mean, it, took, it took me a while to right, you know, right. Kind of the thoughts of because we're talking about, you know, I at that point, I had been, you know, for it was 47 years and mm-hmm. the, the only singer the Barcades ever had, you know. Right. So, uh, and I tell you one thing that kind of turned the whole journey around with the book, as I was turning my notes in to Sheila Bell, who was like my editor, she okay. said, like, you know, you're glossing over this stuff. She said, oh, okay. I want you to say, ouch. You know, <laughs> when you start writing, I want the tears run down your eyes. Oh, you know, wow. I want you to get up and walk out the room, get the love out your throat. You know, so I did. I and I was very candid, and uh, she said, "No matter what it is, no matter how bad you think it is, it's gonna become ministry because God Mm. got to do it and look at it that way." And and from that point on, I started. I mean, I told I told stuff that I had never really said to anybody. Not only about my journey with the group, but prior to that, yes, just just letting the person know me, who I am, what makes me up. Uh, and and uh, the peaks and the valleys, and 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 I didn't bring anybody else's stuff into my book. Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is strictly about the life story of Larry Dodson mm-hmm. from the very beginning, all of my desires early on through the peaks and valleys, and the wonderful things and the discouraging things that have happened mm-hmm. while I was in the group. You know, I talk about talk about a lot of stuff, man. You know that uh, did make me say ouch, but mm-hmm. I find that you know when people read the book, they can't put it down. They say, oh my. All right, Larry. It's, it's, it's an easy read. It's not very long. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, that's what got me into it. And, and it was therapeutic. The, there you go. I got a lot of stuff out of me that was Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I say, you know, I'm going to help some folks. And then I'm going to let some people know how it really happened and, and, mm-hmm. and how we were kind of stupid at times. And then how we uh, exceeded all beliefs. And how we, we, we were ended up being some really, really incredible, a really incredible band. Man, I mean, much respect on that, man. Just just from the fact of the honesty that you poured in to, to, like you said, telling those stories, telling those whys, telling those mountains and valleys of your personal journey. I mean, just that's not easy for anybody, I don't think. But, you know, especially for somebody of your iconic status and, and career. And, uh, and the band plays on, ladies and gentlemen. We're, and we're going to get more in depth of that autobiography and, uh, and, and the importance of this addition to our lives. 
But I want to, I mean, just, just for a tidbit of those, I mean, we're talking mm -hmm. about the Barcades, 11 yes, albums yes, total, right? We're talking about five gold albums, one platinum, 20 yeah. plus top singles, and over, you know, 50 years of a career. We're talking about songs like Cold Blooded 1972 album, Too Hot to Trot 1976, Flying High on Your Love, Light of Fire, the list goes on and on, all the way down to Night Cruising, okay, in 1981. And each one of these created albums in their own right <laughs> have become signatures in all of our life's journey. When you think back and, the, and your fans think back to the times of their life, the good times of their life, the, even the party times of their life, just the riding around of their life, the Barcades is in their life story. The music is just a part <laughs> of their soundtrack. I mean, even down there, it's not just the, the upbeat funk up, okay? Mm. We're talking about your vocal coming through in anticipation. And, and, and the ballads of coming through that are just, I was talking to Clifton Davis earlier and he was, we were going back and forth about when you hear that Larry Dotson vocal come on that track, you know that's Larry Dotson. Thank God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but take us back to when the Barkays were originally an instrumental group, right? Right. Pre-Larry Dotson. Right. When you joined Brother Larry, what was that? Was it a whole trip that now I got vocals here. What was that experience about? Scary. I, I tell you, you know, first of all, understand the Barcades were bigger than life in Memphis, Tennessee. They were like incredible. They That's were, right. I, they, we, everybody loved them. Everybody looked into them. Cause see, even while they were in high school, they recorded their very first record, which was Soul Finger, which was a million seller. Understand, my they in high school with a million selling record. That's number one in most every city in the country. So, but they were instrumental groups. So when I was joined, at that time, I, I was singing with a group called the Tim Priest, who later on went to do a lot of great music and had a lot of big hits on their own. But when I joined the band, it was a, I was 19. I was 19. Mm. I joined the band in March of 19. I got married in August of that same year, still married to the same Look band. But it was so scary because I'm saying, like, what are you guys doing? You want me to be the lead singer for the Barcades? What are we going to do? You know, but little did I know, they were already preparing music and had gotten music from some of the writers at Stax. And it was edgy stuff, man, because Stax was a soul R&B Mm -hmm. uh, company, but the stuff that we were doing was like a combination of funk and soul and R&B and rock. So we were bad boys, man. We were the bad boys of Stanks. And okay. I was given the job of breathing life into this music. And, and I tell you, and I say this at, at, at any point, you know, I, 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 to me, I've never, my voice has just been okay, but I, it's been distinct. You know, one thing yes. you did say that I will agree with you. When you hear me, you know me. That's you true. Know, so that's been a signature for the group from day one. I started to do that stuff, man, and I jumped into an album which was really, to this day, one of the best albums I've ever done with the band called Black Rock, way before its time. I mean, just mm -hmm. the direction that we were going, the the length of the songs was was out of the ordinary. It was just, we were just, the content of the music was just mm -hmm. different. And from that point on, we weren't, we weren't shaking the charts at that time, but we were getting very noticed from our dress because it was yeah, it was yeah. different. It was like right. you know, 
I guess next to Sly and the Family Stone, we were probably the most different dressed and act out there, just leotards and white hair and you know, mm-hmm. I've always my hair was always straight and you know, it's just it was just different, but it was attractive. Yeah. It was interesting mm-hmm. and it was uh ahead of its time and that's sort of been the signature of the group. So thirty albums later, here I am, you know. There you are. That's it's right. A, it's been an incredible journey, man, you know, but it was breathtaking for me to do that. And thank God I had a really good producer and uh, who later became my manager. He knew That's I was right. he knew I was scared. I hadn't had any really recording experience, but and his vision for what the singer should be, he had to mm-hmm. put that into me and not take me out of my comfort zone, but let me know you got something inside of you that needs to come out on this tape because you're you know- you know, now, just, and please correct me if I'm wrong, Is are we talking about the, that incredible songwriter, producer, Alan Jones? Absolutely. There absolutely. you go. Marcus I mean, the absolutely. also, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in a record label, Onyx Records was, he, he not, you know, he was in the studio, he was writing, plus he had his record label. Absolutely, you know, and you know, we we, we bought Onyx Studios. Uh, we at that time we had two studios. We had a studio, which later became House of Blues. Uh, uh, at Onyx, we kind of set the stage up because we were always known for our stage annex and big productions yeah. and snakes and fire and fog mm-hmm. and stuff. So it was a it was just a treat to go see the Barcades, yeah. even if we didn't have a top ten record, man. Just uh, what we were gonna do next. Gotcha, gotcha. He was that guy. He was that he guy. Was that. Everything, basically, he designed all our outfits. And I'm going to tell you something. The drummer on yeah. this, on this, in this picture, you can't see it, but uh, mm-hmm. the vest that he had on was made out of real silver dollars. Alan drilled holes in every silver dollar that he had. Vest. The chains the, the chains that I have on, on yeah. me that connect the two arm uh right. two pinched arms he made that himself he Look made it. <laughs> so that, he's a, he was an idol maker he was he did, on tv bigger than life man yeah i he mean i mean it's evident it's positive evident with i mean because also i believe he had an involvement with the albert uh albert albert king he as well too, right? king. he produced right. albert king he, he co-produced the hot butter soul album see we played uh-huh. on the marquise played on Isaac Hayes' first five albums, which was Hot Butted Soul, uh, Revolutionary Al Shaft, To Be Continued, like Moses, all mm. of those albums. Yes, Alan was right there in the midst, because he played with Alan, well, he, Alan played with Isaac on the road. He's a real good bass player. Gotcha. Now, see, when, when now when you mentioned that you had the, your, your journey with the Temprees and then moving in as the voice in front of, of, um, of the Barquets, First of all, where did the name Barcase come from? Thank you, Wendy. Thank you, Wendy. Where did that name come from? Wendy, well, we're right, Wendy. Okay, are you all ears, Wendy? I know you are. Okay. Then <laughs> <laughs> everyone else is okay. Uh, so here, here's the combined version. First of all, Barcase, when they went to their first gig, now I joined the band, so it was a train running when I joined, so the name was already there. Uh-huh. When they went to their first gig, they didn't have a name. They was some crazy name. So <laughs> there was a sign they passed. They had Barclay Rum on it. Okay. You follow me? I got so you. 
they in the car. We ain't, we don't like our name. We ain't got no real name. So they looked up and they saw that and they took some seeds out and put a cake. <laughs> and, and, and when by the time they got to the game, they like, <laughs> right on, right on. Okay, does that make any sense? Okay, and, and and the name kind of stuck because because later in life, you know, they well they and then the dream became mine as well because we always wanted a ranch like Otis Redding did. Well, Otis okay. had. Uh, oh man, uh, maybe a hundred acre ranch is on plane wow. at 26 years old back in the six. I'm saying so right. we want to be just like him when we grew up, you right know. Right on, right on. Bar K Ranch, you know, Bar K Ranch was a, what became a significant name for us for whenever we decided to do that. Oh man, thank you for that bit of history. And I'm sorry, it just hit me. I said, yeah, that's a great question Wendy threw out there at us. But you know what? And and in 76, now what kept over the years, mm -hmm. what was it that that really made that bar case sound? What how would you and you know if I'm if I'm sick, I'm going to a doctor. If I need some legal advice, I'm going to a lawyer. But when I talk about the funk, I have a funk master here with me. So I need to know, what was that funk of the Barquets? What is that? It was something that was in, in, in each one of us individually and to some, some, some degree, because that's something you just can't make nobody do. You know, you, it's going to have to be kind of in there for them jumping. Alan was wise enough to handpick everybody that was in the band after the, after the plane crash. Okay. Plane crash initially killed four of the members of the original right. guys, and uh, James survived. James Alexander, who is still now in the group as well, uh, he survived because the plane only held so many people. So somebody had to stay behind and turn the rental cars in. And the other guy who survived was the trumpet player, one of the most incredible trumpet players I've ever heard, Ben Carly. He went down with the plane. He survived. He held onto the cushion and he couldn't swim. You know, God got him. <laughs> But I'm just saying all that shit. And after that, Alan totally James reformed the band as he thought the band would the original guys were wanting to do. But everybody was sort of handpicked from the keyboard player, Winston, uh, to the guitar player, to the drummer. So Alan knew what he was doing, you know. Mm -hmm. And I would tell you that Sly and the Family Stone okay. have had a big influence. Okay. Me and the Barcades for a very long time. Mm -hmm. If we were, we all considered ourselves individually, we weren't just hitting on all that much, but collectively, you couldn't beat us. Come on now. It, and our signatures became the horns, signatures mm -hmm. became what the way Winston uh, did his lead licks. You could mm -hmm. always tell we were going to have a good synthesizer lead lick on our song. And of course, my distinctive voice, which anytime you heard just a little bit of it, you knew that was what was going on. There you go. We, we tried to make songs that made the video go off in people's minds, you know. Okay. Okay. And that, and not only, you know, you mentioned the horns, it, 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 and in growing up in Memphis, that Memphis sound, that Memphis feel, that historical, well, I mean, stacks, records, and you know, you mentioned the, the original Barcades. There was, there's an essence to that Memphis sound and the horns, i.e. Memphis horns as well. Right. And the inclusion of that into the Barcade sound, uh, like you mentioned, and all of the details. But I also remember, you, you all use a lot of percussion. You, yeah. The Timbali solo and one of my favorites, Holy Ghost. I mean, come on, man. You know, I the Timbali solo. Yeah, that's a great point. See, there's another kid that we picked up. Uh, matter of fact, we picked him up and we picked another keyboard player because 
because for those who don't know it, the Barcades have always been sort of ahead of the time. They were always an interracial group. Always, there was always a white keyboard player. Even even after the plane crashed, initially, uh, they replaced the other the other white keyboard player with another one. Mm-hmm. But we, the Tambali player, he was an exceptionally good singer and Tambali player. We picked him up, and then we picked this other cat up called by the name of Mark Bannon, who played move bass, which became oh. a, a, became a distinct part of our sound. The combination of the move bass and James mm-hmm. Alexander on the bottom end. Mm-hmm. Uh, the horns on top, Winston on the lead lines, my vocal. It was that that was what composed the Barcade sound. See now that see and, and ladies and gentlemen, now I understand why in Get so there, many right. grooves <laughs> you just kind of have to drop a couple more times when you're on the dance floor because of that bottle. That <laughs> right, that. absolutely. We just got the techniques of that funk of that sound of the Barcades, and um, now during this time. Okay, the Barcase, you're, you're, you're doing your thing, you're on the charts, and I believe you, the, the, the Barcase toured with George Clinton for a while. Like, that, what was that experience? How did that happen? It, uh, it propelled our career because, uh, kind of rewinding a little bit, Stax ended up closing. Okay. Prior to it closing, the Barcase were, were the backup band after Booker T and MGs decided they were just kind of like, they were the original backup band that played on all the music for mm-hmm. John, Johnny Taylor, Sam and Dave, all those guys. Yes. And they kind of got rich and, and, and kind of doing a lot. We were right there to pick up the slack. Okay. So okay. being the house band for, 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 the, all, for the whole Stacks roster. And I was telling Wendy earlier, we played on the very first Emotions record. Come on. So I Can Love You. James <laughs> will always tell me about that. I mean, I didn't have anything to do it, but James yeah. said so it, it was like that. Albert King, Albert couldn't read or write. Mm-hmm. So Alan Jones, our producer, he produced them. And and there were some records where I would have to be up in the control room. And I and Albert didn't like for you to put anything in front of him. Any lyrics. <laughs> okay. Was, he was very proud. He was very big, too. Yeah, I got he would sing and play live with, with our band. So mm-hmm. I would say, uh, I love you, baby. And he would, I love you, baby. Yeah. And I would say the next line, and he would do that. And then not only everything, but it was amazing. And he could take the line, hear me say it, <laughs> and play at the same time. That was, that was like incredible. But 1975, uh, Stacks closed for good. Bankruptcy, Robert, they're gone. And we ended up signing, uh, signing a really, really huge deal with Mercury Records. And Shake Your Up to the Funk was the was the lead song for that. Mm. And George, who was a friend of ours, he let us and he let us co-star on his mothership tour and Cameo opened up. And way Yep, Cameo opened up. We came on second and George and the mothership and all Parliament, they came on last along with Boosie and all those guys. Oh and we did 90 cities. All ex- all were sold out except for maybe eight, which which just didn't what? Like all Come, of all that, of them. I mean, that's that funk invasion, you know. That I funk. You, I mean, funk like was it. taking over. Am I correct during this time? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, you know, the mothership too was the bomb, oh, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's that's, that's when we first saw. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Go ahead, brother Larry. After we came off of that tour, we was hot as fish grease. Right. It, it, it was over. It was just yeah. as long as we put good music out, 
we had a we had a staple place in radio, mm-hmm. and we didn't let radio down, man. We kept we kept popping them out. We kept popping them out one behind the other. But George Clinton perpetuated our career, and mm-hmm. Cameo as well. You know, Cameo yeah. wasn't quite as high as we were at that time because we were just at that. But later in life, you know, what Cameo turned out to be an incredible Larry Blackman in those. Oh. All were, all were incredible rides, man. That's right. Now, let's talk about you, because I'm, I'm getting uh, a lot of people, the fashion influence that the Barcase had. I mean, you were mentioning how, you know, the how uh, Brother Allen was, was personally making certain things. The Barcase fashion, and there's, there's been, a, over the years, there's always been, the, you know, camps that, that say this about the fashion of the Barcase and how it influenced other bands afterwards, okay? Yeah. In my opinion, I believe like you gave it up to Sly, talk, you know, about being an influence. In my opinion, and I have a huge camp behind me that agrees the same thing, Rick James learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Rick James and all of his incredible genius of music and as well, but also in the fashion statement. Do you get that sometimes? Do you, does people tell you that? Of course, and I would say Rick and I were really good friends, man. Yeah. I mean, really, probably too good of friends. Okay. <laughs> we were both very bad boys during okay. the time, but we had a, we had a real good respect for each other. And there was a when 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 Unsung did the piece on us. You know, Rick used to come to the shows and he used to watch. He used to watch, man. He used to watch me. But when we did Unsung, they had a picture that they showed of me and Rick right together. What? And my mouth just dropped open, not because I didn't know, uh-huh. but I, I saw it was just, he could have been, we could have been twins. The <laughs> hair, Rick developed the hair, you know, he took the hairstyle, he took just uh, yeah. a lot of the influence, yeah. but you know, we all sort of robbed each other a little bit. I can dig it. I can you know, during that time, he, <laughs> I'm going to take a little something from you, you take a little something from me and the band plays off. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, it was all good. It was all good. Like I said, Rick, until he died, man, we were real, real, really good friends. Like the last tour he did was we were on that tour. Look at that, man. I mean, to to be able in in your position, and then to be able to relate a story of one of your and I'm going to use the word proteges in some ways, very good friend. To be able to have that as an addition to your life and, and, and later, of course, because of Rick's career, so many millions of, of us adore and respected his, and still respect his career. Surely. It, 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 it just brings me back, Brother Larry, to your story in your autobiography. The story mm-hmm. of Larry Dotson, the man, your, like you said, pre-Tempries, pre-Tempries, mm-hmm. you know, the Tempries, your musical journey, the Barcase, on, on, and on. Uh, your retirement. Um, with that, Brother Larry, the ups and downs that you personally came through. Mm. I, I mean, just I can I can't even say I can only imagine because I can't. And there are millions of other who can't imagine having to deal with the ups and the downs. Where will this book take us in your up and down journey, Brother Larry? It will take you right there. I did not hide a thing. I gave it to him blow by blow by blow. And, you know, when when the money was coming and uh, 
and we were on the road five days a week. We would only come home to drop the money off, kiss the baby, kiss the wife, get mm-hmm. back on the bus, get on. And as you hear a lot of times, the stress of trying to keep yourself up and make yourself go to sleep. There you go. Self-medicating, man. And Okay. And 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 it got out of hand. It got out of hand as it often does. And uh, fortunately, you know, uh, you know, I, I just had to get on my knees, man. And, yes, sir. And yes, sir. I had a wonderful wife who didn't give up on me. And wow, these were through the good times. I mean, the good times. And, and the good times run out, and you got to go through your valley, and then there you are mm-hmm. down there. And uh, but it brings you to your knees, you know. And, <laughs> And I'm gonna just tell you this. Yes. It's very hard to get tripped up if you stay on your knees. But you gotta give that to us again. Say that again now. It's very hard to get tripped up if you stay on your knees. Right on, brother. You feel what I'm saying? I can feel it's it. It's physically hard to do it and it's spiritually hard to do it. Come on now. You can't trip Come nobody up if they're on their knees. Yeah. If you're on your knees, you you ain't gonna get tripped up because you don't uh-uh. get a direct those of God's love, and mm-hmm. He will get you up. He will get you up. But you got to stay down on your knees. And that's a good something for us right now. Faith before fear. You know, it's bringing a lot of people. A lot of people ain't had had a reason to get on their knees for a while. They 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 not not that don't have a reason, but they've just not uh, t- taken the time. But we have time now. Yeah. These things let's give a second guess about us about things. It's giving that's us right. a lot of time to think. A lot of time to be together. A lot of time to to. Uh, um, just realign our, our our worth and our values. That's right. And see and look around, man. Just uh-huh. look around. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, look see, around. What like was you. there all the time? But we never. We were too busy. You know? too busy. That's right. That's right. Or uh, you know, I mean, you you're right. That's dead on point because you know you, you're in the house more time if we're blessed to be around family. We're around family more if we're you know pick up the phone and give a call. You know, a lot more because you're right. We're here. We're, you know, we're made to focus <laughs> right now. Absolutely. You know, I have a little segment I do on, uh, on <laughs> kind of every week. It's called a love check, man. Did I go check oh, water? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just a love check. I'm just checking on you, man. Making right sure on. you're okay. And I just say, tell somebody, tell somebody. Keep giving your love checks, man. Come on now. Yeah. And that love check goes. And it, it, I know they're feeling it, too. I know yeah. they feel it because yes. it works both ways. That's right. It works both ways. I mean, the, the emails and stuff after just doing, and this whole thing of of the Facebook quarantine, brother Larry, it, it was it wasn't a big plan, you know. It was a uh, I knew what I was going through, just to be mm. real. I knew what what this whole thing and episode was doing to me, and you know, with my, my my creativity, life itself, and and I knew that when I would be on the phone with other people close in my life, I just said, mm. you know. Man, let's talk about this. Let's share it with each other. Mm. And we can share it with each other and then post it up there because maybe somebody else is digging the same thing we're feeling right now. So we could help them, you know, it can give an opportunity to uplift. And that's why I said positivity posse, you know, and then to have souls like you uh, with your career, with your life journey, with your, with your ups and your success, and even being so real as talking about your lows and, and what having to hit your knees at a certain part of your life that brought mm-hmm. you back. Brother, that's healing, man. And I know from even the people I see right here, it's, 
that's that's to me what it's all about. You know that that I, I, I just to give a I hardly talk about a lot of the stuff I'm growing into it, but yeah. there was a point in my life, brother Larry, where my brother and I, sister and I, we we were blessed to be able to call Miss Nina Simone a type of family with us. Mm. And I remember that growing up, I had just learned my my little chords, my guitar players teacher's name, uh, his name is Bernard Staten. He used to play with Al mm. Green back in the day. Okay. But uh, he, I was home and I learned my little chords and I wrote, a, wrote my melody and my sister had just started writing her lyrics, right? So I put it together and we played it for, for, for Sis Nina. And she was, you know, she listened, she's very cordial. Oh, mm. yeah, yeah. But then she said, now, okay. She took us to school. She said, you an okay. artist, you writing, you, you sing a little bit, but what are you getting ready to do with your artist? What mm. is your responsibility to the world? What do you think? And that stuck with me for the rest of my life to this day. And that's in essence what you're just saying right now. With your Larry Dotson experience, Brother Larry, mm -hmm. and taking us to school right now, what is Larry Dotson's message to the world from this point on? First of all, to and I do really, really mean this without getting too preachy. Yes, sir. One, we must always put God first. Yes, sir. Always. All in all things that we do. Mm -hmm. And that ain't that's not a mindset that I've always had, you know. Uh, I give you a little uh, piece of something that I share in my book. You know, our first kid was born down central. Okay. And uh, we're writing a book now. It's called Keep Looking Up when it's downs and it's my wife and I are writing the book this is my second book and it's all about our journey raising a down syndrome child who okay. is a very 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 much very much a success story because you know at, at the point that uh she was um, born the doctor told us maybe well don't get too attached because she's not gonna make it past the teens she'll be 49 come on now in september come on right so on. you understand my point and yes sir you know, we must always understand we have a purpose. Nothing is nothing is coincidental. You know, all these things are pre-done, preconceived, always known. So, and once we start to wise up to that, we must understand that whatever we're doing, yeah, whatever we're doing, let's just be the best that we can do. Let's be honest. Let's be creative. And Come on. And, and and here's one. You know, life is God's gift to you, and what you do with your life is your gift to God. And with that being said, you want to always try to be just the best that you can be and mm -hmm. whatever it is. And that's whatever. what I've learned to do, you know, no matter what I do. And I've, you know, dipped into several different businesses and mm -hmm. along the way. And uh, I just try to do the best that I can, you know. And sometimes the best that you can, best that you can do kind of surprises you, you know. Yeah, you come know. on now. That's you know right. Saying? That's right. And sometimes when we feel like the best that we are given may not be enough, Man, some what we may feel is a little bit of somebody's everything, you know. Yeah, very good. I gotta keep that one. I gotta keep that one. I gotta keep that one. So I cool. understand and respect exactly what you're saying, brother. And and I have to do. I have to talk about this because, as we know, I'm going back here to Watt Stacks. Okay. With Watt Stacks, brother Larry, 1972, I believe. All right. All right. And out here, I live in L.A. Now, mm. and I mean, we, it was LA Coliseum, 1972, Stax production, uh, and, 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 and 
it was during a period of time, if, if those of us who've seen the documentary, the film, the music-mentary that this icon of a film is, um, it was during a time we're coming off of the 60s civil rights time. We're mm. in the pre-70, you know, the early 70s. If I'm not mistaken, the whole 100,000-seat Coliseum was full that day. And in, with that inclusion, even though it was a black power musicology of soul and funk, that, if I'm not mistaken, that production has now and even then crossed multicultural boundaries. You're absolutely right. And, and uh, remember now, Watt Stacks, the concert was really uh, birthed to be a healing for the Watts riots, remember? That's right. Yeah, that's right. From which it got his name. And 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 Al Bell, who was then the president of Stacks Records, mm-hmm. he came to us with the idea. You know, we want to do. Let, let's do a concert. To talking to staple singers, everybody. We want to do. I got an idea about doing a concert. We we got to go out there and help and help uh, Los Angeles heal. Help Watts heal. Mm-hmm. It, they didn't have any ideas that it was just. They knew they wanted to film it. Yeah. But they didn't have any idea it was going to end up being an iconic piece mm-hmm. as it was. Uh, it was only two dollars to get in. Look at that! It, it, was, it was made affordable to everybody. So at the time that we went on stage, I never forget. To this day, it's been the most people we've ever performed in front of at one time. It was a hundred thousand people right. there in that costume, and none. I, I don't remember seeing anything, any violence of any yes. kind. The, mm-hmm. the only thing that happened was when Rufus Thomas was on stage. Right. <laughs> he, he, you know, just inadvertently, just without thinking, oh, come on down, come on down, come on down. He had made a deal not to bother the field. Okay. The guy was supposed to be on the field, but I'm going to tell you what happened. We we'll just we'll talk about our, our black brothers and sisters. Once they got on the field and started kind of storming and trying to get to the stage, we, they, he stopped and, and, uh, uh, Al came on, I think Jesse Jackson came on right, right next to him, I do believe. And they just asked everybody to quietly go back into the stands. And that's what they did. That's what they when did. About, no, it was nothing. You didn't see no fights or nothing in the in the yeah. movie. But it ended up being just an incredible concert. <laughs> I mean, and you know what? The reason how we got to be, I, I guess it was based off our performance and how we looked and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that that was the trailer poster for, That's and great. it still is for Watch That. Right. Even today. That's great. You mean this right here? What I that, have here? Right there, that, that, that ended up being mm-hmm. the trailer poster and the yeah. official poster for Watch That. That's right. You know, I mean, Watch That. I mean, and you brought up the point. It was a healing time for the Watts riots, which just brings back how powerful artistry over the years. If there was a war, somebody wrote a song about it. If there yeah. was a campaign somebody drew a picture something so the power of art and then to have watch stacks we were talking earlier with wendy with her mom is uh wanda bond of the emotions mm. and uh who were also an integral part of this film with Absolutely. their be still performance you know um and that whole people if you have not experienced i'm not gonna just say see it if you haven't experienced this watch stacks documentary please pick it up 
please pick it up. And uh, in my opinion, on the not, not disrespecting anyone, <laughs> Rance I know Allen, what you're this. okay, Rance Allen and oh my God, everybody who performed. But when the Barkays hit that camera shot on what's what <laughs> that, and that costume was going, and the brother with the gold fro, and you're doing your thing. And then Larry Dotson pops out and does his Dotson on every the <laughs> stage, in my opinion. Okay. Do you get that a lot when it comes from the wide stage? I, 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 I do, <laughs> I do, and respectfully I have to bring people back around because I'm I'm a humble guy, you know. I ain't I, I, but I have to say, well, but you know, there were a lot of other great performances on there, oh, and, yeah. and, and they agreed, they agreed. But it was, it was a dynamic performance, and I'm gonna just tell you a little something that did not happen. So, Alan, we were all at we we, we used to spend time out at at, at the Hyatt House, and which is then called the Riot House out in L.A. Even though we didn't have a lot of money, but I tell you what, we had planned to do uh -huh. along with the right outfits, we had planned to come in on white horses and a white cherry. <laughs> we were gonna come from the dressing room to the yeah. stage. So it was gonna be breathtaking. If you think the adventure <laughs> was gonna be incredible. Right. Well, as it had, Isaac Hayes got wind of it. Okay. So, you know, he he was that he was at the height of Shaft and all that, and it was yeah. his show. He was a star. Right. And he was like, oh hell no. <laughs> <laughs> We had called Metro Golden Mayor. We had found the chariot. We had done everything. We got out. We was getting ready to clown, man. Right I mean, on. We were gonna be talked about for a long time, but you know, respectfully, I, was <laughs> I ain't doing that. <laughs> you know, I gotta say that for one of my stories too, man. You know, and I tell you, you know, but that was that's a true story, you know. Oh man, we're gonna, gonna cut up, man. <laughs> We gonna be the before white, the show, you know, after the show. Oh, we were just gonna it was it was gonna be over when we got through. <laughs> Luckily, we had a good performance, so we ended up okay. Yes, yes, exactly. And it's like <laughs> to, to to stand the test because I believe uh yeah Isaac Hayes closed the show right with his whole he did he did he was the show. He wasn't having it. He was not <laughs> having. <laughs> it. He was not having that. I don't know how he found that. It leaked out. <laughs> the trunk way he found that. You know but what? You, but you, go ahead, brother. Could you imagine if we had done that? If we had oh. to come out of my dressing room with a white horse and a white cherry, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, right. and all white. Uh, hey, it would have been funky, though. It would have been funky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But it let me say again. Funky. Let me say again. He said, "Oh hell no, hell no, right." <laughs> That ain't happening. That ain't happening, boss. I like y'all. I love y'all. You know, but yeah. that that ain't happening. <laughs> oh, I love these stories, man. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To be able to sit there, and that's what I wanted to share with everybody too. You know, I mean, we've seen you mentioned unsung. Much respect to the production of unsung and in their in their way of, of preserving, but the, the the history and legacy. But to me. It's something more special, direct, intimate, and real of being able to sit down and hear these stories straight, you know, straight from it, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> from a Larry Dotson and later today, Clifton Davis, and so on and so on. You know, because we grew up, especially grew up in, growing up in Memphis. I mean, come on, by case, please, yeah, man. You know, you know. That, that's home. I mean, that's that home, was, boy. Yeah, man. You know how you say when you see those, you, you, it should it could have been Memphis, and then right in the brackets next to a home of the bark. <laughs> you know, oh, wow, wow. the way we were, that's the way we grew up. So, but I want to ask you this: recording 
uh, and Wanda and I were talking about this too, mm -hmm. the magic of creating that sound of everybody recording at one time in the room together, the whole band, mm. while you're recording the material. And Wanda was mentioning how special it was for, for her and her sisters, especially the Stax times, of being like you mentioned, Alex yeah, and Jan. Yeah, yeah. Well, did the Barcase do, was that y'all's moniker as well? Recording Absolutely. all the it, it, was, it was the way you did it back then, you know? It was, uh, uh, <laughs> in fact, I'll just tell you another little something, you know, during the time that uh, the Barcase were playing and doing Behind Isaac and doing one of the albums, uh, I couldn't believe James got his name, Nuck, which is short for Knucklehead, because okay. <laughs> imagine that you got horn players here, you got string players here, everybody's playing live, so it's gotta be done right. Because if anybody makes a mistake, you got to start over again. Check it out. Check so, what James would, <laughs> James, James made, he would let all, not deliberately, but. <laughs> He would somehow end up making his mistakes toward the end of the recording. Lord have mercy. He would have to stop, you know. And thus became his name Nook. Knucklehead. <laughs> 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 he don't give me up for that, but I, that's what I'm going to tell him. That <laughs> to, be, to be recording live, you had to do it. All that soul finger was done, man, in 30 minutes. What? Soul finger was, soul finger was the result of of a, a, a riff that the band used to go to uh, after playing another song, they kind of added this little riff. Dun, 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 dun. Mm -hmm. That was something they used to go, just a riff. Okay. You know, and when and trying to get a deal, they were got turned down two or three times, but this third time they came and they were playing that riff. Mm. It was Dan, the president. He said, what is that? And they said, well, we don't know. We, yeah. It's just something we play. Yeah. And David Porter came in. We all know him and, and incredible oh, and with Isaac Hayes and David Porter, that team. He heard it and, and he got some he said, Well we need I, they got to plant it and Jim liked it and they ordered some uh Coca Colas and, and mm -hmm. sent out for some kids mm -hmm. to make the, the line thing and thirty minutes later, man, they had soul thing. I mean that was that was it. Look at that. I have all done right there. Uh -huh. That's that's magic. That's the magic that Wanda was talking about. See there, see there. And and that that what you I guess instant funk. But what to me as as a music, as an artist as well, to be able to give it that in that time frame, that means you had it had to be each musician was living it. You dig? I mean they were you walk in, turn the recording on, but you see what I'm saying? That feel was there. Yeah, that's the Memphis sound, you know, and, yeah. and most of the guys did not read music. That that's what's what's so incredibly good about the Memphis sound. It's earthy, it's it's natural, and mm -hmm. and uh, Motown was caviar and champagne, mm -hmm. and Stax was collard greens mm -hmm. and cornbread mm -hmm. and laid. It was all good. It all it all tastes good, but it's yeah. just different people. Yeah. We were that, we were that, man. And, you know, once we got it, we got it. I mean, once we rehearsed it a couple of times and you had to be accurate now, you had to be accurate, but just think how much how much weight it was on the artists who had one time to get it right. Mm -hmm. There was no going back and recording. We didn't even have the capabilities to do that. 
It had to be right there. And I, I was telling uh, Wendy, I mean, the emotions were like, ah, uh, the dramatics. We played yeah. on all those, what you see, what you get, all those records. Right, right. Uh, uh, Cross Cut Saw by, by Albert King, uh, Oak Salad Annie. Come on now. Yeah, I mean, just, it, just yeah. one tape things, man, a lot yeah. of them. And you know, Otis was another guy who, uh, he just, those guys, Johnny Taylor, all those guys, man, they were like one tape guys. They yeah. got it. And yeah. that was incredible as a singer for me to even be in a room with them and yeah. watch all that. So yeah, oh man, it, it was college to the, on steroids. Wow, wow. See there, and, and brother, my, you, while you were talking, my mind, and I know I'm not the only one who was just listening and watching this, I spaced for a minute because you took us there. You yeah. took us in the session, in the feeling, in the vibe of everything, of the performance in the studio. And then when we went and bought the record or we heard it on the radio, <laughs> come on, man, that's it, that, it transformed even to this day. It, that, that To me, that's what has kept it alive because it's connected to that soul of our souls multi-generationally that just, we can feel it just think how you feel here 40 years later when you hear when something is wrong with my baby exactly my baby. i mean it's exactly. like they reported it yesterday yeah. like they did it yesterday Shock of the baby by all this red mm -hmm. yeah know, this, yeah oh my god I mean, it's, it's, those are incredible songs man and that's not taking away from Philadelphia sound. No. Anything, but everybody mm -hmm. had a niche. Everybody. You could tell when the Philadelphia International Record came on with the Spinners and Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. You could tell when the Supremes and, the, and, yeah. and Temptations and Marvin, who incidentally, we played on Marvin Gaye's last tour. The last, the last leg of his tour, we had the pleasure of playing with him and watching the girls go crazy when he yeah. Every yeah. night when he did uh, yeah. Distant Love. <laughs> right on, man, right. <laughs> oh, my God. And this guy, oh, he was, like, incredible every night. And he flew on the stage. It was all of that. Exactly. All of that. So we hadn't seen no stuff like that. You know, we hadn't seen <laughs> Well, you know what, Brother Leg, what do you miss about those days in particular? I'm going to say the, the 70, early 80s, Barcase days. Do you have things that you miss? I miss the. I miss the. Uh, I miss the songs, because those are the songs that made videos go up in your minds. You know, I have. I have to say that some of the songs, some of the stuff that's coming out now, is rather shallow, mm -hmm. and it, it doesn't create generational wealth because the songs that it won't get ever played again. Mm -hmm. uh, redone, you know, just think how many times um, you can pick any song from any artist that stacks, yeah. or, 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 or think how many times My Girl has been recorded, re recorded. Okay. You understand? Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. Those are songs that just like uh, have no end. Mm -hmm. Just have no end because they were written from a place, Tears of a Clown. Yeah. You, know, you, you just, they have no end because they were written from such a, a wonderful, heartfelt place. But uh, I mean, you know, all due respect, I mean, who gonna re-record back that ass up? I mean, there you go. I got you. I got all you. Due respect. All I respect, but as an example, I mean, just no right. Way. Once right. it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I, I missed the and I and from the '80s uh, when when you had the Gap Band and yeah, and Commodores yeah. and the Barcades and Confunction and Ohio mm -hmm. players all on the same show, man. Come on. Know? 
I miss the competitiveness of that. Exactly. Um, we were all cool till we went on stage, and then it was like cutthroat. Thing, man. <laughs> Everybody had a knife in their hand, you know. <laughs> and they would give you that little look when they came off. I got you. They come behind. I miss that. You know, we all talk to Drake and Jeff Champagne afterwards, but they knew on that stage, I got you that night. Bro. I got you right now. <laughs> or, or, or vice versa. You got me at night, man. You call me with my pants down, you know. I see you tomorrow night. And I see you tomorrow night in Dallas. We would, I, miss I miss that. Oh, man. You know what? But it kept you on your toes, right? It kept, it kept that. And there was a love and respect between the bands. Am I right? I mean, even though there was that competition, there was a, you know, hey. I respect what you're doing because I can. I know what you're doing. I know what you're feeling when you're hitting that stage. But you're gonna see me do my thing right now. You Come know? on, man. We did, <laughs> did night after night after night. Like I said, we laughed, talked, and joke until we got on stage. Until you got on stage. <laughs> it was every man for himself. You know. And I'm gonna tell you something else. Even in our bad boy days, at a certain time. Yeah. On that bus, we closed them. We closed them shades because we all had individual bus. We going to sleep because we know what's coming tomorrow. Larry Blackman and Cameron are going to be on our butts, uh, or you know, George, or somebody going to be after us. You know, Gap Charlie Wilson, Gap. Yeah. Somebody going to be after us. We got to be after somebody. Oh, we up at night. We didn't, you know, talking and sitting around yeah. and on the bus, man. We got our butt kicked tonight. You know, <laughs> whatever, whatever that was, that can't happen. <laughs> Hey, but the band played on. We kept and the on band going. plays on. Man. That's, that's, that's absolutely. I oh, miss man. that. I miss that. I miss that. I miss that. And and because of that, I uh, I now own a tour called the Masters of Funk. Yes. And uh, all those bands I was telling you about, we all perform together. Sometimes four of us, five of us tonight. It's a nonstop show. There's yeah. no plugging up, no unplugging. It's we play straight through. Sometimes Ooh. with each other. And we don't do nothing but the hits. And the camaraderie of that is, it's incredible. It's mm -hmm. incredible. I own the tour and I did not always own it. It started out with United We Funk All-Stars, which was comprised of Charlie Wilson, the Barbara okay. Kate, SOS Band, Gap Band, and the Dad's Band. Super. We rented a warehouse. We rehearsed for about a month. Mm -hmm. And we got this show in, in because nobody ever seen anything like that. I'm okay. the time if we come on at seven, we don't start playing the ten, and nobody ever unplugged to where this group got to wait thirty minutes so the next group comes on. None of that. We just moved in and out, and when you and, and it was the transitions was like eight and ten seconds. So when the Barcades did two songs, and when we hit our last note, yeah, looked up again, the dads were on stage, and it, it just was it was incredible. <laughs> Non-stop, and everybody's playing their hits, so they know sitting down. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I was going to ask you. With a, with, a, with a lineup like that, and what, 10 second in and out with that, that's a non-stop. You're going to sit down, why? Because you're getting right back up. No sitting no. down. No <laughs> <laughs> but I can understand how you could miss that, those times, because even us as the fans and the lovers of the music of that time, we missed that. Yes. Yes, I said, our age. Yeah, I, you know, you know, uh, our age, you know, uh, uh, I'm 69. So over the past few years, we've sort of turned away from radio. And I do understand why that, 
demographic has turned away from radio because it got to be kind of weird and goofy, you know. You know, the subject matter was weird, and it was it's, it's just something that our demographics didn't care for. So to have concerts like that, that's when they go out and they yeah. say, "Oh my God!" I remember when this came up. I remember the first time I heard a uh, 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 fire, you know, yeah. or, or going even further back. You can the video goes off in your head. You remember what yeah. you were doing it was in the back. That's background. right. That's being That's goofy, right. you know, you whatever you was doing, right, you right. remember it. You remember it. <laughs> See there, and that's what all of us, like I was saying, we 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 want. So when the Masters of Funk tour is happening, we're gonna be there. You did yeah, when 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 one of our favorite band. And you know what makes us proud too, brother Larry, as the fans, we are proud, man, when we see you and your counterparts and your and your other, you know, your 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 your, your brothers of the funk and soul of that era hit the stage. Now it's still funky. Yeah, it's I, still full of soul, you know? And I, like I said, I know I ain't the only one. There's so many yeah. other people watching this. I mean, come on. It's still there. It's still there and in and, and, and big doses. I'm telling you, I, I'm amazed sometimes. And, and I'm going to tell you, in another genre that really, I go see some of these 70s shows, man. Yeah. With the, uh, you know, the main ingredient, the Shy Lights and mm-hmm. all those those groups and, and Harold Evans Blue, so even though some of the original guys are gone and they have replacement and stuff, some of those the stylistics and they're funny. Some of those guys are still so yeah. good, man. Yes, they are, brother. Yeah, yes, they you know, are. You watch the audiences and the audience of, you know, 55, 65, yeah. 70 yeah. years old and older. Yeah. But man, those guys take you back to a place where you ain't been in a long time. Come on now. <laughs> And when we do the Master Funk thing, oh, they just blown away. They can't believe that we still oh. sound as good as we do. Not just the Barcades. I mean, the players are, and all of us are such good friends, man. That's never right. had an argument, never nothing. Nothing, not one. I don't. I can't remember one. We've been doing this since 1999. Nobody, you know, of course we do. We disagree sometimes on some, some things, mm-hmm. but it's never been anything out the ordinary. Gotcha, gotcha. Which, which, which uh, you know, commendable. Respect, my brother Larry. I, you know, I know that just this segment here that we're doing. There's no way that we can get fill every answer every question about Larry Dotson. There's yeah. no way we can answer every question about the Barkays. But the time that you've given us right now, brother, was so much <laughs> history, uh, uh, wisdom, um, uh, insight on funk itself. Uh, the history of the Barcays. What's coming up now for the Barcays itself? Like, I, I know that there's a, oh, before we go there, your retirement from the Barcays. When you retired, right? Yeah. How long has it been now, Brother Larry? Uh, I retired um, two and a half years ago. And, okay. it, and the short story of that was really, as I said, I've been married, this will be 50 years. And my wife mm-hmm. and I just wanted to really kind of stop okay and, uh, and just spend some real romantic time together with right worry about the road and we've been okay you know financially we all mm-hmm. we were okay we were gonna just maybe take a little second place in florida keep our own property here and kind of go back and forth and doing those things and uh it ended up being a real bad idea though for me because i okay. i did not know that even with the things i was doing writing and speaking and doing stuff nothing takes the place to the stage so rather than me going back 
to the barcades, which I still, you know, have ownership in, you know, I, I said, you know what, I, let, let me, let me try a solo career and then do some stuff that I've never done, you know, uh, and before I ride up into the sunset. And so, uh, about a year and a half after I retired, I started getting a real bad itch, man. People calling me, man, and just, what's wrong with you, man? I'm retiring, man. I'm close. You know? And I and, and everybody knew but me that I wasn't gonna last. I mean, they didn't give me they in LA that I was gonna last six weeks, a month, you know, and whatever. But uh I put a new band together, put a new show together, and uh, my first concert as a solo career was on the Tom Joyner cruise with uh, Janet Jackson, uh, Maxwell, Lee, Charlie. So I came back with everything and I've been been doing that since. Right on, man. It's something about that stage, how that energy from the fans. Oh, it's 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 indescribable, man. I I like I say everybody knew with me. I got you. Everybody knew with me. they knew I was gonna come back. You know what I got you know I got good stuff coming and I'm working on Really, I can't tell you too much, but I'm working on really good stuff. And although we're, we're shut down right now, I have high hopes that perhaps maybe in late fall, maybe things will get back to some sort of normalcy for mm-hmm. customers. Certainly in, in 2021, yeah. we'll be out. We'll be back out in full effect and everything will be fine. And uh, oh, oh. Two, really, two really big honors since I've been off. One was I, we have we have a foundation which we support H we've already supported HBCUs, but we, we support Lamorne on college for the last ten years. We've been sending at least one or two kids to school over there. Wow. And with an, I was honored with an honorary doctrine from, okay. from Lamorne. From and most recently I've had a street name after me here in Memphis. So oh, where where is it, brother Larry? What what's in Whitehaven? It's in Whitehaven. Whitehaven. Oh, okay. Larry Dotson Way. You know, we haven't right been home, brother. So that's that those are big those are things that I don't ask for, but you know, those are honors that have been bestowed upon me that are really, really special for me. And well deserved. Well deserved, brother. The your history of your artistry to the world and being from Memphis, all of my other fellow Memphians, man, you make us proud. And you've always I, made I'm trying, I'm trying. Mm-hmm. And just before I get out of here, man, I'll just make sure that everybody understands that my guidance whiskey, man, which I am the face of, they call me the captain of that one. You talk about this right here. Yeah, right there. Please go to guidance <laughs> whiskey. Look, go to go go to uh Wherever you are in the country, and order you a bottle of this incredible whiskey, and you can connect with me on IG, Facebook, Twitter, all the social media platforms, and you can see what Uncle Larry is doing. When do you have officially? I'm officially telling you, I'm Uncle Larry to you now. From now on, Wendy. Right so on. You better, whenever you whenever you address me, I'm not Mr. Nas. I'm Uncle Larry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, hey, I'm right enjoying on, this, right man. On. I'm enjoying hey. it. <laughs> Live and what that that <laughs> is so incredible. She, I ask her, come on, please join our team. We are gonna take this another step, you know. And I gotta, I gotta, I have to to, to co-sign on this guidance whiskey, brother. I, uh, you know, I'm usually like my wine or champagnes is when I want a libate, right? But when I want something with some bottom to it, I'll go to my single malt scotch. Okay, okay, my, okay, my American uh, 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 whiskey. Okay. This guidance right here, lady, and I know I got a lot of my other whiskey lovers on here too. This guidance is smooth. smooth this guidance man. has a, it's not a strong vanilla thing. You still know it's a barrel, it's a single, but it has a smoothness, man, that just, it's top shelf. 
it's top shelf. So, you know, we, 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 I don't been turning folk on to it as well, my <laughs> brother, but Larry Dotson, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only, uh, the trendsetter himself, musically, fashion wise, uh, father, husband, grandfather. Thank you for your time, brother. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your ministry today. And, um, I just can't, uh, I, I can't wait to be able to hopefully do this again with you, man. I really can. Whatever, whenever, you know, and if anybody's got any questions that we can uh, maybe one or two, take one or two before I get out of here, I'm okay with that. I'm okay. okay. Ladies and gentlemen, you, hey, <laughs> special occasion. I was, I, let's, uh, let me go to my phone where I can see okay. Okay. The, uh, the comments coming up. And Wendy, if you have it where you can put it on our screen, let's try that as well. Uh, let's go here. Oh, wow. Yeah, they've been coming in, brother. Uh, <laughs> Charles, Gi Charles Giovanni from Cleveland, Ohio. Ohio in the building. Kenny Anderson, my good brother Kenny Anderson, a promoter out there in Huntsville, Alabama. Love the old school funk. You guys are putting it down. <laughs> Over our fans in Brazil, Yvette Martinez. Wow. Uh, yes, Brazil is in the house right now. Yvette, thank you for coming and joining in. Um, back so, with Kenny Anderson. Oh, man, we have, it's about eight so far Brazil, Brazilian musicians coming in. Mm. Uh, that, that are sending the love. Muito obrigado, Brasil. Muito obrigado. Eu dou você, você aqui com agora. Muito obrigado. And, uh, oh, wow, here we go. Um, Amsterdam. Love the funk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wendy, have, just uh, shot, Wendy just shot me one. She says, uh, if I, out of three, out of three songs, which is my favorite song to perform? And I, I think it's Anticipation. <laughs> oh, oh, she said, "Wow!" <laughs> <laughs> and and that how, brother, where did that oh that that come from? And that anticipation. Oh, who, I know who, it's a natural who, thing, but you know where did that styling it's, come it's from? One, it's one. It's one of my. It's one of my signatures. I don't know, man. You know, you <laughs> happen in the moment, and when you do it once or twice. It becomes some of your signatures, you know, and it's uh, all part of the recording. <laughs> My God, when we when we did anticipation, this is another little story. I got a million stories. When Trump, the reason why the trombone solo is so long yeah. is because when Frank was on the floor recording trombone solo, the Temptations sneaked in to the vocal booth. I mean, sneaked into the recording uh, uh. room. And when Frank saw them, his you know he his he went crazy fan. He's like, oh, he started to be stuck. He was looking up and seeing David and all the guys in the face. Right. So that's, we just let him go on and on and on, man. Then that's that's right. how, and that's how that solo got to be so long. <laughs> you know, you take that kind of stuff on from me, man. See, <laughs> yeah, man. You know what? And it's like now we got another question coming in. Okay. What is your Oh, this is from Munich, Germany. Wow. What is your what was your favorite city to perform over the years? Uh, over the years, 
Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, okay. There's a venue there that I, I just love to play. It's in the round. It was it's always sold out, and it's something about I get a we get a great Latino turnout. Right on. There, along with our, my brothers and sisters, and 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 and, and a lot of white audience. But it's such a pleasant mixture of of the audience always there. Uh, I just like it. I just like it. That was it, Phoenix, Arizona. You know, we got. Uh, uh oh they're still coming in brother brother larry i just want to thank you i didn't want to take up all oh no we gotta do that that's enough but you, you, oh man you just the fact that you opened it to do that thank you brother i just didn't want to disrespect your time no no no, no, no it's on there the whole time oh we got all, memphis in the house. all the rest of the questions for the next time i come yeah, on yeah well memphis in the house is sending love my everybody you know brother thank you again larry Thank you, thank you, thank you, man. Right, and man. much respect, Larry Jr. Thank you, brother. And uh, y'all keep it, y'all, you just, I mean, y'all keep it, we're gonna be all right. This positivity train is rolling. Keep that positivity moving. And uh, what brother Larry shared today, ah, it's just fuel to the fire, that positivity burn, y'all. And we thank, thank you, you so much. All right. Now. Take it easy now. All righty. Bye-bye. <laughs>